Hey everybody, it's Andy with Sports and Songs, page two episode. Uh, sitting here today via telephone with Jason Inc. How you doing, Inc.? Hey, how's it going, Andy? Good, good. Uh, we're about a week and a half out from All Out from AEW. Uh, we've covered the results on that on the podcast already. Um, so we've kind of had the smoke settle from that. Uh, All Out had their big pay-per-view plus. They had to have the Pac Andrade match later on because of travel issues. Um, just want to recap on that a little bit. Let's kind of go back a ways here with All Out. Great pay-per-view. Uh, some people are saying the greatest since WrestleMania X7. Um, and look at all the names AEW didn't have at that pay-per-view on their roster. No Adam Page, no Lance Archer. Um, yeah, Sammy Guevara was there, but he didn't wrestle. You know, uh, Santana Ortiz didn't wrestle, but they were there. FTR didn't wrestle. I can go on and on. The guys that didn't wrestle, but it was still an awesome pay-per-view. Just shows you how much talent they got. First off, I got to sit there and say, Andy, uh, you know, like as far as the measuring stick goes, as far as the pay-per-view and how great the pay-per-view was, I'd have to say – from a from a uh, for, from from our, from our fan standpoint, I have to sit there and put it up there with uh, say like a uh, WCW Starcade. Okay. Uh, I you know I think I think every match complemented each other. I think I don't think nobody tried to overdo anybody. Uh, every match uh, basically uh, delivered on what they wanted to deliver on. Um, as well as, like you said, there were, you know, uh, there weren't, you know, uh, all, all the major stars that they, you know, that they, they could have had on there. But with that being said, you don't want to over showcase all your talent either. Well, no, like you said, all the matches do what they're supposed to do. And that includes the QT Marshall, Paul White match, which yes, it was kind of setting up a storyline. Maybe it should have been the match before the main event. That was a nice break to have you kind of come off the adrenaline from the match before and get ready for main event. I thought they plugged that one in good. It was a five, 10 minute match served its purpose still along with all the other matches. Um, you know, the TQ, TQ Marshall big show match. Um, one surprise with the outcome just because it was Paul White's, uh, quote and unquote debut match with AEW. So I wasn't surprised that he he got the quick win. Um, I wasn't surprised at the outcome of that. That was, right. I mean, to me, that was to be expected. Um, I do think, I do agree with you. It's a setup to a storyline, and I think that bigger things are coming for TQ Marshall. Yes, QT Marshall. Yes. Um, another one. I just I, I kind of saw the match in passing on Friday, that because of travel, Pac against Andrade. Now, first of all, I'm a big mark for Pac. I'm not, I'm not going to hide that. But this is twice they've had to reschedule him on a pay-per-view because of travel. He's one of their top 10-page stars on there. You could look that up. You think there's a little – think he's going to catch heat in the back locker room for having to have his matches rescheduled? It's – you know what? It's hard, it's hard to say if that's the case or not. Uh, you know, a lot of people say, you know, I mean, every like you said, you know, they say, you know – quote and unquote that you know uh that that it was travel that it was travel uh problems um is is this just their way maybe maybe there wasn't maybe he was there but maybe um i don't know maybe 
maybe they're maybe they were waiting for the right moment to really showcase the match. Maybe they didn't want to do it on the pay per view because they didn't want to want to take away from everything else that was happening. And puts it gives you one big match for for a rampage later on too. So that's a good point. Um, you know, you you said you know you were kind of disappointed from what you read and you didn't watch Rampage because right. you were like it looked yeah. like it was disappointing. But to me, okay, like. To me, if they can pull off a Andrade versus Pac match on Rampage, you know, instead of like doing it on a pay per view, I mean, that's that that that's that's a good thing because it shows that you just don't you just can't. It shows that you can get them guys over without showcasing them at, at a pay per view. So maybe they did that purposely so people would tune in. And again, so, you know, maybe they didn't have them to wrestle because maybe they thought it was going to overshadow some of the other matches that they had on the card. And it was and it was a pretty packed card. So right. I can see why maybe they didn't have guys like Alistair, or I'm sorry, uh, Malachi Black and Andrade and Pac and maybe like Sammy. I, I can understand why maybe they didn't have all that people showcased at the pay-per-view because... You don't want everybody's match to take away from everybody else's match. Now, three things I got from that uh, Pac-Andrade match on TV. One, Pac knocked himself goofy on the one uh, uh, flip outside the ring. He hit the rail, knocked himself out. Two, you saw Andrade break character because some kid freaked out at ringside. He kind of like consoled him, which, cool. I respect that when guys can do that. But the third thing that I noticed – when Andrade turned on Chavo, was that just the way to get Chavo off TV? Or are they going to have Andrade make a face turn, do you think? I would say I would say it's probably the first I would say it's probably the first thought. I would say it's probably a way for them to maybe get Chavo off of television, maybe because it wasn't working the way right. they thought that it would. Um, maybe they thought Chavo was gonna be as good of a mouthpiece as like, say, like a, a Conan. Right. And maybe it didn't work out that way. Um, I can't really see them. Um, can't really see them turning Andrade babyface right away. Would Chavo? I think, I think he's too over as a heel. Okay. Um, and I think they ought to keep it like that. Is is Chavo gonna maybe try to bring somebody else back in later, or is he gonna maybe be? I know they got Alex Marvez, or not Alex Marvez. Um, I go blank on the guy's name who's working with. Uh, Penta and Ray Phoenix. Is he gonna is he gonna be able to go with that stable and help them and have that guy go back to being a reporter? Well, I think that was the original plan. I think that they originally wanted to do uh, him with. Uh, I, I don't know. They didn't say the full plan, but I think originally I think that was part of the plan for them to pair him up in some way with Pentagon and Ray Phoenix. Um, how they were gonna do that? That's a different. You know, that, that's a that's a different story. Um, I don't know. Like, it, you know, the other thing is, is like you're saying about as far as like them writing Chavo off the of TV, is this another way for them to bring Flair in? Flair's been managing Andrade down at Triple WA yep. as, as, his, as his manager. Yep. Is this a way for them to make room and bring Flair in? Yeah, and if they bring Flair in, it's going to be hard to bring Flair in as a heel. When Flair comes in, he's going to get, there's going to be such a huge pop. I mean, Flair can pull off the heel, don't get me wrong. But I think you bring him in as the baby face. My opinion again on that. But then I think again, what they need to do with Flair 
Raiders. I think they need to kind of present Flair the way they presented Harley Race when Race was managing Vader. Yep. They need to just bring Harley in as he as he's like, you know, he's a badass, but he's just he's there. He's not there to get over himself. Over, he's there to be there in whoever the, he's managing. And I think that's how they need to bring Flair in. That's what. That's the way it looks from the way he's when he's managing down in down in uh, Mexico, yeah. and when he's managing Andrade. That's the way it looks. To the way they're doing it now, is this a, by bringing Flair in? Is this an attempt in some form or fashion? Like we were talking, you know, a couple days ago. In some form or fashion, is this an attempt to try to form maybe some new version of the Four Horsemen? Maybe. And also, to, to kind of quiet some other speculation, Flair had an interview over the weekend I read where he said um, Ashley, or Charlotte Flair, whoever you want to call her, is very happy in WWE right now. Um, so the, don't look for her to be getting out of her contract moving anytime soon. I think she's going to stay there. Um, nobody wants to touch Tessa Blanchard with a 10-foot pole. So, which is really surprising, and which is really really surprising. She's got to be some bad cancer in the locker room then, because she'll put she'll put butts every sixteen inches, in the, you know, in the crowd. So that's not an but, issue. So she, I think, you know, as far as like back to like you know like talking about Flair coming in AEW, I think maybe this might be a way for them to help get like Brian Pillman Jr. over Brock Anderson. Yep, you know. And maybe somewhere in the near future, I'm not saying now, but maybe somewhere within the near future, maybe you'll see, like, like you know, David Benoit come through. Yep, I was going to say David Benoit. And maybe they'll have a version of the Horsemen, you know, maybe mm-hmm. not the Horsemen, but what they would view as the Horsemen. Right. You would have Brian Pillman Jr., you would have Brock Anderson, you would have David Flair, you know, and then you get maybe one one other second year. Maybe, you know, maybe throw Cody Rhodes in there. Yeah. And maybe have the newer version of what you, you would look at as the Horsemen. You yep. know, you could have Cody who would be the, the Flair. You know, obviously David Benoit would be his dad. You know, Brock Anderson would be the new Anderson, you know, and then you would have Brian Pillman Jr. Jr. You okay. know, okay. so who knows? Speaking of second-generation wrestlers and maybe putting stables back together, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Word is Bray Wyatt or Wendell Rotundo, whatever name he's going to go by, is to be uh, in AAW by the end of the month. Um, is he going to be a solo, or do you think they'll put him in the stable right away? You know, you could bring him in either way. I mean, like I was talking to you before we went on the air, and I was saying, you know, maybe, you know, because everybody's all up in up in the air about, you know, what's going on with the Dark Order? Are they breaking them up? Are they doing this? Maybe this is a way for him to come in, because the other thing that I, I, I've read is that on September 29th, which is when they're supposed he's supposed to debut, supposedly. The other the other thing about that that dynamite that's going to be kind of cool and kind of special that I thought that I thought was very interesting is they're going to be in the hometown of Brody Lee. Right, that's why they were thinking of doing it then. Yes. So I think that that's very interesting that that that's when they're doing it. Um. Yeah. So if it is Brody Lee, do they bring him in as the as the leader of Dark Order? Do you 
bring them in. And there, there are so many different ways. There are so many different ways you can bring them in, and there's so many different people right now that you can pair them up. Like when we were talking the other day, and I said, do, you, do they bring them in, put them with a Malachi Black? Well, you know, and the thing is, the home of Brody Lee, that would be a great place to do it. And with technology today and like they've done before, they can announce Bray Wyatt or whatever name is go by. We'll, go, we'll say Bray Wyatt for now as the leader of the Dark Order, and he he could just appear on the on the on the screens. He doesn't have to physically be there. So then, for the next few weeks on pay per views, is this gonna be the time he shows up? Is this the time he shows up? You know, he could yeah. do he could do uh, videos saying vignettes as they call them. Hey, Dark Order, I'm your new leader, and this is what you gotta do, and show his face, and so we know who it is. But ooh, when's he gonna show up? So I know they got that big pay-per-view, or not pay-per-view, the big matches at Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York at the yep. tennis complex. So they're, they're in Vince's backyard right there. That would be a great place to do it. But Absolutely. that's when you expect it. And there's enough in there. You know, they have enough. You know, a lot of people probably will, will say, oh, you know, that that's kind of a, a, a not a smart move, this and that. But they've got enough people there that he's got – some form of background with you've right. got you've got Matt Hardy that he's tagged with. Yep. You know he's he, he's done stuff. Um, you know, like 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 we said with like Brody Lee. Yeah. Um, he's he's he, he, uh, a lot of people probably don't remember this, but you know, for wrestling fans that do, you know, Cody Rhodes was his was his mentor when he was in NXT. Right. He got the affiliation with Cody Rhodes. You know, so you can bring him in. He was in the same class. He was in the same classes of NXT with Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson. Exactly. So he was right. in that same group right there. So he's got people he knows. Now, CM, CM Punk. I yep. mean, you know, there's yeah. I mean, there's enough. There's enough affiliation that they can get creative with how they bring him in and what they, you know, like, and he can get creative with it. Right. So, I mean, and that's what's going to make it. That's what's going to make it even more cooler is the fact that he'll have say in how he comes in. He's not just going to be, oh, you're going to do this. Right. And we're going to put you in a clown outfit, and this is how you're going to be. Right. And, you know, here's the thing I love about Tony Khan, too. He's he's so creative. They're using Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York. He's not going to try to get in the Madison Square Garden. He's not going to try to use uh, any other arenas. He's using Arthur Ashe Stadium. He's kind of going outside the box. No. Well, and the other thing is, what's cool about that is, is like, I mean, you know, like, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you have somebody like, uh, like a Tony Khan. And, and the thing is, is like with Tony Khan, like you said, he's not, he ain't got to go to Madison Square Garden. He can go anywhere and get over. Right. He's proven that. He doesn't need to go to Madison Square Garden or jump to the to Tokyo Dome or whatever. You know, to get over. I mean, like, he, he's over wherever they go. Right. Um, speaking of over, we'll, we'll cut, come back to some other big names here. Okay, the Young Bucks have lost the tag belts. I don't think the Lucha Brothers are going to be transitional champions. They're going to have the belts for a while. Agree? I, I do agree with you on okay. that. I don't think they are going to be transitional champions. I think they'll, I think they'll have the belts for a while, and I think you know, uh, I think you're going to see a. I wouldn't be surprised to see if the Bucks make a babyface turn. Yeah, they'll probably turn on someone in the Elite and break that up pretty soon. I'd like to see if they get the name Bullet Club back. That'd be kind of interesting, too, because they've been working with Impact. I saw an Impact the other day, that big kid, uh, um, 
what's his name? Uh, Tonga's kid. Uh, yeah, uh, Haku's boy. Oh, Haku's boy, yeah. He made it kind of so he, you know, he had the bolt plug gear on, on Impact. Those two are working together. I like that. I'm kind of looking at Impact kind of being AEW's NXT in a way. In a yep. way. Yep. Because, um, like we were saying earlier, a lot of people are talking about AEW oversaturating themselves with people now. I think if they start uh, if they start sharing some more guys with Impact, between you, you got you, you got two different shows on YouTube, you got Rampage, you got Dynamite, and if you start using Impact, that's five nights of wrestling you got right there. As much as I love it, I can't do five nights of the same company. <laughs> I, I don't think they're going to, you know, like me and you were talking about this off the air, you know, and I, again, you know, I think that there's enough of a, a gap in between shows as far as the talent goes that they can circulate the talent around. And I think what other people seem to forget is not only not only do you have them other shows, but like you mentioned, you have guys that want to go to Japan and work. So like, you know, lately, okay, you ain't seen Lance Archer because Archer's been on tour. You know, he's went over to Japan. He's mm-hmm. doing his thing over there. Right. Um, and, you, and again, you know, I think there's a big enough gap there that I don't think they're oversaturating themselves with talent. I mean, you can, you can circulate the people and just because you have it, doesn't mean you have to showcase it on every show. There's times where, you know, like you said, you may not see CM Punk because he's not going to work a full-time schedule, or you may not see Daniel Bryan because maybe he is on tour over in Japan. Or, I mean, you got enough time, and and the thing is, is you got to remember, one thing AEW is doing different than WWE, okay, which is important because WCW did this, and this made a difference in their shows, they're not just showcasing their, their their main eventers and their superstars. They're showcasing the mid the mid carters. Right. They're giving the mid carters a chance to get a push mm-hmm. and to see where they can go. Guys like the acclaim and guys like you know um, Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. Right. You got the, the, the one the one young boy, the one black kid that's with um, uh, Dustin and them that's in the Nightmare. Yep, family. yep, 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 yep. That's right. Him yeah. and then you got guys like. Uh, the 2.0 you got enough of them guys that even when you don't have your main eventers there then you can put them guys on the card you can put your mid carders on the card or your pre-main eventers i should say and you know that you know at the end of the night the card's still gonna be good right like like for me personally i love the match between mjf and brian pillman jr yeah, that's gonna be good. I I thought for you know I, I thought I was watching a you know going back and watching a a, a Bobby Eaton versus Arn Anderson match again because they were showcasing the, the, the guys that are coming up and that's what the difference with again they're not I don't think they're oversaturating stuff. You got enough talent and, and again. You got a lot of these guys that are going over, like even though they're not signed to Impact, they're going over and wrestling the talent Impact, or they're going to NWA and doing um, a couple nights a week, you know, because maybe they're in a tournament or you right. Know, well, and they're the, in a storyline. The thing that's helping, at least from what I'm seeing so far, you don't have a lot of guys signed to AEW that 
need to have a title. Now, exactly. the, the story is Barry Windham was one of those guys that needed a title belt or else he wasn't happy. Hence, they created the Western States Heritage Championship for him. So he had a belt to carry. Some guys could give a rip. Somebody like that, I would have to say that was because of the fact he was quote and unquote, he was was Dusty's and Flair's boy. Right. And he also kind of had a chip on his shoulder for who the old man was. He had a chip on his shoulder who the old man was, so he thought he deserved the championship. And Flair, Flair always, always, even when Wyndham was like younger, Flair always had a a uh, how, how do you put? It? He always stuck Wyndham on on a pedestal. Yep, yep. He always thought just like with Brian Pillman Jr. Like, or not Brian Pillman Jr. Just like Brian Pillman. Yep. You know, the first year Brian Pillman came into WCW after Flair saw him. From that point on, Flair was like, "I want to work with that kid." Yep. So right there, he again he stuck Brian Pillman on a pedestal, you know, because and and that's just yeah. So yeah, with that said, there's not a lot of guys with egos who I want to have a championship belt. So that's why they could all get along and do their part-time schedules and wrestle in Japan or Mexico or wherever, help NWA with their tournaments. I saw last night. I don't not gonna get into the results. Not gonna, I haven't watched the tape and really looked at it. ROH had their final pay-per-view over the weekend. Uh, Death from Stone. Did you also hear that's going to be their last event with a live audience for a while? No. So with that being said, ROH locking the doors? Um, Really? I don't know. Did they they say why? Did they say why they were? They're they're using the COVID excuse. That they're not going to to use live crowds anymore. It could be an expense for travel. I mean, look how much money they saved with COVID. Everybody can go down to Tennessee. States do are doing things different ways when it comes to the COVID, but they do they do do all their TV tapings in Maryland, right? Now, so, so the, maybe I don't know. I haven't heard nothing, but maybe Maryland is going back to yeah. You, you can only have so many people in capacity, you know, blah blah blah. Whatever. I don't know. Or um, them being know, a smaller I, company. I that, was, that was that was their last pay per view though for a while. Be, being a smaller company, they don't have the money insurance to book shows out and then have to cancel. And in a way, wow. you can come in, you can have guys come in for a week and do two months of taping and send everybody home again. You know, yeah. so they're free to go do other stuff again. So you don't have that problem. Is R is ROH going that route? Who knows? Um, started out as a good yeah. company. They were a nice, nice company at one time. So who knows? Just keep your ears open, guys, for that. Is ROH locking the doors? I guess you see a lot of those guys jumping shit. Maybe they're going to while this is happening. Maybe they're going to revamp it. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, kind of TNA did when they came back as because Impact. I can't see them shutting it. I can't say like that's hard to say that it's their last pay per view because of the fact like they just made the, they just made the one check their their ROH Women's Champion mm-hmm. and they just gave the uh the, the, the pure Impact belt to um Josh Woods, which yep. is I don't know if you I don't know if you've ever seen him wrestle. Yes. Or have ever you know uh, seen any of his matches, but he's kind of like a um, ain't gonna say he ain't like Shamrock. I guess more. I guess he's like he reminds he's tall. He's tall and built like Randy Orton, but he wrestles the way he wrestles is a lot like Kurt Angle. Okay, okay, I kind of that MMA style, but you know, yeah. 
big, tall, stocky boy, you know, nice, nice cut, you know, mm-hmm. type thing. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, like, so what does happen? They, they, they are not going to have live audiences. They may still try to pull pay-per-view off or TV tapings. Who knows? But no more live audiences for a while. This may wow. be for two weeks. It may be till Christmas. Who knows? But I read that, that they are no longer live audiences because of that. So with that being said, you know, because NWA basically does the same thing. They have their two dozen people sitting there, whatever, in the crowd, like it was for the old TV tapings back in the day. They tape a week's worth, a month's worth of stuff in one day. Totally fine. Everybody gets it, you know. If ROH was back to that, that's cool. I can live with that because Tony Khan and AEW have kicked down that forbidden door. So maybe we might see those guys pop up on the YouTube shows for AEW once in a while too to stay fresh. If you don't see one day, if you don't see, like, even if it's only for, like, a one-time deal, even if it's only for, like, maybe, like, a one- or two-time deal, I wouldn't be surprised, like, if you don't maybe see, like, the Briscoes come through AEW. Yep. Yep, why not, you know? I mean, you know, they're, they, they've been around for they've been around for years now. They're veterans of the business. I wouldn't be surprised, like, if they don't uh, stop through. Then, on the, the, you know, re, re, revive a rivalry with the Young Bucks for a while for a program or something oh, like that. Yeah, yeah. They were, Yep. For, for, for quite a while. Yep. So revamp that one. They've, you know, they've done that before. For, for, for quite a while. But I mean, you, you think, like, you could, like, think about the magic. Like, just think, I mean, and they, I'm sure they've already wrestled each other, you know, I'm sure, you know, through the, through the years. But I mean, just think about, like, the magic, like, that you could see, like, with, like, say, the Briscoes against, like, Santana and Ortiz. Yep. Yeah, that I mean, you know, or like the Briscoes against, you know, the Lucha Brothers or, yep. you know, something like that. I mean, that would be kind of, you, know, yep. you know, interesting to see. I mean, but no, to answer your question, though, I mean, back to like, you know, are they overstepping their boundaries with them and with, you know, who they're booking? As far? I don't think so. I think they got, a, there's, there's enough TV shows. There's one, there's enough TV shows that the talent can be spread out. And like you said, they can pretty much do what they want to do. Um, the other thing is, is, I mean, they all got, the, the, the other thing is, is they all got the, the, all the, the, all the companies in some form or fashion have a working relationship. So you got guys like a Daniel Bryan or say like a punk or whoever that say, Hey, like, I want to go down to like, you know, say, say Mexico. Yeah. Like they can go to Mexico for like a month and then come back. Like, I mean, look at, look at how like the, the good brothers, you know, yeah. The Good Brothers have been signed with every company that is pretty much out there, and they go to Japan and they'll come back do their thing. You know, they'll they'll be there for, and that you know that's a good thing because that's that old school mentality. That's that you can come and go as you want, as long as you fulfill your commitment with whatever we whatever we've set out. You know, for you to do or whatever I I wanted you to do with the promotion, as long as you fulfill that. Yeah, you're free to get, and that's good because that's how Rick Flair. You know, when people say, "Oh, you know, like who's the real world?" That's why Rick Flair was the real world champion back in back in the seventies and eighties because yep. he could go everywhere and defend it. It wasn't a transitional belt to where you're in the Crockett promotions, you gotta defend it here. You cannot go down to Memphis and defend yep. it, or you cannot go to Mid South. You know, like. That's again. That's what made it special. Just like with Nick Aldis, that's yep. why he's looked at so special because he he is a transitional champion. He goes from place to place and defends it. Well, the thing about Flair is, 
you know, that's how he got to be six, well, at least 16 time champion. If you look at the records, it's really like closer to 28, but 16 time champ because he'd go all over, but every now and then he'd, he dropped the belt to Kerry Von Air. Then he got back a month later. He dropped it to, um, what's his name in Puerto Rico for a while, got it back. So oh. you, so there were, every now and then he'd drop it. And you go, ooh, is this going to be this? Does he drop it to Nick Bockwinkel in Minneapolis? Does he drop it to Jerry Lawler in Memphis? You never know because it happens about once a year and it hasn't happened for about eight months. Maybe he'll do it now. So it got butts in seats. That's what you needed. And, and you know, don't, don't get me wrong. Bruno's title run was special, but Bruno yep. was a transitional champion because he was WWF. Yep. He was their you know, he was their guy you know, and the whole you know them overstepping their back. No, I don't think so. I think I think you're gonna see a lot. I think you're gonna see a lot of guys come and go, and I think you're gonna see a lot of the guys that they have brought in, like a Daniel Bryan or like a Punk or like a Bray Wyatt or whoever it is that they're bringing in. All right. I think you're. I think you're gonna see them. I think you're gonna see them use. Not necessarily punk the stars out, but I think you're going to see the stars, you know, teach these guys how to work, and they're going to push the younger talent. And you're going to see guys like Jungle Boy or an MJF or, you know, um, hey, Jason. I got I got to stop you right there for a little bit. Got to do some some stuff here on the on the recordings part. We got to stop and start another page. Do do some commercials. So hold on right now. We'll be right back. I want everybody to sit there and subscribe to Sports and Songs before I tattoo you. All right, back for segment two with Ink. Um, we're talking about AEW and its overpopularity or not overpopularity. One other thing I want to get to, uh, Jason, we're talking tag team wrestling. Like I said, Lucha Brothers are not going to be a transitional champion. You keep seeing the Good Brothers come in on AEW all the time with their Impact titles. Is that belt going to change hands on AEW TV? Like Omega lost Impact title to Christian on AEW TV? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Like if at some point they don't drop them to somebody over there. I mean, you got enough. Uh, you got enough young talent over there. I mean, even if they don't drop them to say like the Lucha Brothers. I mean, you got teams like you mentioned Garrison and, and Pillman. You know, you got the, the uh, even though they're even though they're a heel tag team, but you still got like you know two point Jurassic you Express. The, you got the acclaim that are, you know, uh, right now are, I guess, for the most part, pretty hot. Um, yeah, I mean, you got enough. I mean, again, do you do you, do you pair up if, if they don't feud with the Lucha Brothers? Do you, do you pair them up with say like uh, Luchasaurus and and, and uh, Jungle Boy? Right. And then because Christian's doing both back and forth, he's still on AEW, but you see on Impact now too. So with the overcrowded, if you will, and we'll just use these guys as an example. We'll use uh, Jurassic Express as an example. And also to help get eyes over to Impact. Do the Good Brothers drop the belts to those guys? Then now those two are on Impact to get more attention over there. Now the Good Brothers and Bucks can get their feud started in AEW. see them going like you said maybe dropping the belts and like you know maybe going over back over to impact you know to kind of get some more attention over there um i think i think one way that they could possibly do like 
Well, not possibly, dude. But the one way that they could possibly get like impact, maybe you know, some more, uh, some some more fire behind them, is maybe do a, you know, maybe not necessarily go with the whole, you know, impact, you know, uh, AEW invasion, but maybe do like have like a pay per view, kind of like a war games where you, or, okay, or, or like you know, or like a lethal lottery where like you got you know the tag teams from Impact with the tag teams from AEW and then kind of like, you know, do it to where they draw the names and maybe like a guy, like maybe you guy, I don't know, like say, uh, say Sammy Callahan somehow like randomly gets paired up with like, uh, oh, I don't know, say, say Kenny Omega or okay. say one of the Bucks. And then, you know, they, they you know, okay. and they, and they, maybe, do something like that, and maybe that would bring some fire to the company. I think the, the way to bring fire to a company, you have to showcase the talent. You gotta, you, you gotta give it a stage to perform on. And if, and if I mean, if you're gonna be affiliated with that, use it. Uh, one other thing I've heard from AEW, or we not heard, we've all seen, um, Wardlow and MJF. That's gonna come to head here pretty soon. Kind of like a baby pool. With Thanksgiving weekend, we'll say being the date, does Wardlow turn on MJF before or after Thanksgiving, in your opinion? I'm going to say they're going to probably pull the angle. I'm going to say before, and I say it's going to probably be on a dynamite. Okay. Now, um, and I think as far as the storyline goes, I think it the relationship, the way they'll they'll have the relationship on screen. Is it's gonna they're gonna kind of follow. I'm not saying necessarily go this way, but they can they can sort of take some small pieces from this and use it to their advantage. Kind of use the storyline, Shawn Michaels, Kevin Nash. Well, and also kind of like the yep. love hate relationship, or maybe like the love hate relationship that Sid had with Shawn, where like one minute they were buddies at the next, but then the next minute like Sid could automatically, you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, that and also. Reports are Brian Cage is not happy with the way he's being used there. So does he come in and replace Wardlow, if you will, as MJF's hitman? Because um, I don't yeah, see I don't see Brian don't Cage see, pulling off the baby face, but I can see Wardlow pulling it off. Um, no, I wouldn't say go with Cage to be the one. I wouldn't say pull Cage and put him with MJF. Um. You know, like, Cage, Cage is kind of, like, right now, even though they don't really know what they're doing with him, like, they just pulled him out of Taz's group. I mean, so yeah. they pull him out of one way and then stick him in with somebody. It's the same thing's going to happen. Like, you know, the same way he was kind of overshadowed in, like, Taz's group because of Ricky Starks. To me, like, same thing. He would be overshadowed by MJF because MJF don't really need... You don't really need a mouthpiece. And if you're gonna pull anyone from Taz's, first of all, they should never put they should never put Will Hobbs in Taz's group. I think Will Hobbs yeah. is a much better babyface than a heel. He doesn't pull off the heel act very well to me. They should have kept him as a babyface. What they should have did was if they were gonna put the title, they, okay, they, they stuck the the, the, the F whatever it is, the yeah. FU title, F- FTW, yeah, yeah, the FTW, whatever the hell it is, one Starks. Okay, that's fine. 
But then they should have sat there, even if they were only going to like go with it for a short period of time. They should have stuck the tag titles on Hobbs and Cage. Because yep. you know, out of the two, Cage is going to be the veteran as far as he's going to be one-to-one carrying a team. They ain't going to be Hobbs. Right, right. And then you got Taz's boy sitting there. Let's see him against uh, Brock Anderson. That'd be a good uh, second-generation match. They could take him. They could take him and pair him off against, like, say, uh, 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 what's his name? Um, uh, Hold on. Uh, what's his name? What's, what's a little short dude? It's a jungle boy in him. Oh, uh, Marco Stunt. Yeah, they could do something with like them two, or like, yeah. or if they don't want to use him, like put him in, put Taz's boy in the ring with say like Jungle Boy. And you know, and maybe it's just and he ain't got and he ain't got to do a lot. Let him yeah. get in there, let him throw a couple chops, maybe a couple forearms, a rake to the eyes, and then you could do something where Jungle Boy just rolls him up and gets the pin. Like you yep. don't even have to mix with some tag matches, get get some work in. Yep. You know, or like you said, maybe take him and pair him up with somebody like a Brock Anderson. Yep. You know, you got two young boys. Put them together, let them kind of learn on their own type thing. Or if you want to do something, stick them on Art Anderson. You know, Anderson kind of there. He's going to sit back, watch the match. Like, you know, yeah. Like, you use people in a manner that, you know, that, I mean, even if, even if you're, even if you don't do nothing with them, let's have you know, even if you're not going to use them physically, Let's have him take it on the mic a little bit, run his mouth, you know, kind of like yeah, shoot his ass, you know, he kind of you know, because people will hate that because he, well, who the hell is this little prick, you know? Yeah, he ain't in the ring, you know. It's like, you know, and they're gonna want, and, and sooner or later they're gonna want, and they're gonna like, well, we want this kid in the ring, put him in the ring with, you know. Yeah, so just him always there at ring shots. Like, who is this annoying little boy outside the ring? Get in or go away. Yeah, you know. Um, but you got a lot of you got a lot of tag teams over there. A lot, I think a lot of good tag teams. Uh, one thing I I want to go on record and say um, that they got to one thing they got to do away with. And I'm not taking nothing away from this person or this stable per se. They've got to either start using private party and the butcher and the blade more in Matt Hardy's group or let them break away and let them, you know, just like let them go on their own again. Like they were. Well, Andy or butcher just came back from being on tour with his band. Um, right. Every time I die. So they'll start coming back. I love butcher and blade as a tag team. I did not, they, had, they kept blade out there as a singles with his brass knuckles pounding everybody. And it just didn't fly. Like that. I mean, that was kind of cool. It kept them front. Kept thing, it. You know, Kept his name out there. Kept his name out there. I'd like to see them as a tag team. Um, I like them as a team. Private Party is growing on me as a tag team. I I liked them at first, and then I got really sick of them when they first joined Matt Hardy. It's like they just oh man, it was like stepping on Legos. It just bothered me. <laughs> and then, but just something afterwards. It's like okay, they they went they tried too hard. It seemed like. Okay, now they figured out how to be heels and how to be jerks, you know. Yeah. So that now that I'm, I'm like I'm liking them as jerks better. They figured out how to do it. Um, I almost feel like Matt Hardy's kind of like hurting by them being with Matt Hardy. I almost feel like he's like hurting them. Right. That's why I didn't like it. For it's like, oh man, this is too much. But they're pulling it yeah, off. And even like and even like you know with FTR, like I love FTR, like and I'm glad that they're using them. But I think they need to get them back into the tag team scene more too. Yep, yep. 
even as like a you know like a mutual tag team, you know, just yeah. like yeah, okay, you don't want them to be over popular, but you don't want them to you know just use them more. Okay, go one more thing. Speaking of tag teams, because you know. They're okay to admit on AEW they mentioned how guys used to wrestle elsewhere before. Vince doesn't let that happen. These guys, yes, we've wrestled elsewhere before. They've had no problem talking about that. Um, good examples when Jericho had to wrestle uh, Hoovy back in WCW. They'll mention other companies. They're okay with that. On that line of thinking, one thing that I don't like is Luchasaurus's mask, that rubber mask. Yeah. We all know what he looked like when he was on Big Brother. We all know what he looked like in WWE and or in Florida Championship Wrestling, wherever he started. You could still be a Luchasaurus, but take that silly mask off. Because I've seen him fight with and struggle with that mask and matches more than he needs to. And it kind of takes it away a little bit. When you got to stop and adjust your mask, that's not part of you anymore. But what do you do? Like, I mean, okay, like. You can just go to face paint. Just go face paint. Okay. But just get rid of that silly mask. It's, so what you're so what you're saying so what you're saying is you can still do the green face paint with yep. the black under the eyes. Yep, you can still do face paint. I'm not sure the two things that annoy me most in AEW: Luchasaurus's mask and uh, Sean Spears' haircut. I said it before, and I'm, I'm, guys, people who listen to the regular show know I've said this about Sean Spears before, and also on page two episodes I've said it. I don't know, I don't know what it is, but why can't they get Sean Spears over? I don't. He looks like a little. He was like the middle child who had to get a mohawk just to get attention. And that's kind of the way he, his character is there. I, in the next six months, Sean Spears makes a face turn. Yeah. Because he could be the face. Um, he can kind of be like a Matt Sindall, who, who's yeah. a face, loses all the time, but you never th- you never know. He might pull this one off. Because, yeah. you know, I think Sean Spears could pull off something like that. You know, another thing that I see coming, like you're saying, like you see him making like a face turn. Yep. Another thing that I can see is you see Luchasaurus turning heel. Yes. That's I what I'm saying. Lose the mask, go to paint, and be a heel. Hey, I say if he doesn't, I say possibly Jungle Boy. But the reason I say Luchasaurus is because Jungle Boy is over a lot more than Luchasaurus is. But with that being said, so is Luchasaurus. Is... Is Jungle Boy this generation's Ricky uh, Morton? I wouldn't say Ricky Morton. I would say he's this generation's Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Okay. And the reason I say that is is because I don't I, I don't know. Like I, I I guess I'd have to see I, I guess I'd have to see it happen before I could say well I like he can't but. I'll, I'll just say I don't think he could pull it off. Pull off a heel. No, he just to me he looks too much. Like you can tell he, he's he's got great emotion. Yeah, he's got great facial expressions, but he's kind of like that Ricky Steamboat where he like at times he looks like you know he's pissed at the world, but then as soon as them fans start up, it's just like he puts that smile back on. Yeah. Steamboat and and, and Tito. Steamboat was the same way. There were times where you thought, "Well, man, is Steamboat going to go heel?" He's going to snap. Know? He's going to snap. Yeah, he never did. And then he just never made that turn. He just never. He just what? Nothing against him. He just wasn't that guy. Right. He could. Tito Santana's the same way. Back in the day, 
Just couldn't pull right, off the like, heel. Right, like Tito Santana, like Tito was the same way. Like when you know he looked like he, he, he you know he had the fire on him. He looked like oh yeah, oh my god, he's gonna snap. But he just never. It wasn't there. Yeah, just yeah. I, I don't. That's it. He couldn't. Morton, on the other hand, you can't really compare Jungle Boy to Morton because Morton was a heel. Yeah, he did go heel at the end with the York Foundation. Well, Richard Morton. They were. They played the heels up here. And Jim Cornette was in their corner. Now. And then they are also heels over in Smoky Mountain. Yes, they healed there a few times because Cornette owns it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, but he was a heel at the York Foundation. Trick. Yeah, he was. Yeah, Trivia. Terry Taylor. Yeah, with Terry Taylor. No. And Marlena. Terrence yeah, Taylor. York. Yep. It was Terrence Taylor, Richard Morton, Thomas Rich, Robert Eaton. Let's get the names right here, Ian. Come on. Oh, excuse, oh, excuse let's, let's me, get it right here. Professor, yes, professor Mike Tanay. Uh, yeah, sign the professor. Oh, God, there's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Mike Tanay, the professor. Just do your job, you sacrimonious yeah, jackass. Yeah, so let's, yep, do, yep. let's do this podcast. <laughs> Can I say that on here? Um, you already did, so yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mike Tanay, wow. I haven't heard that name. At least you didn't call me Bill Laughter. Love Bill Laughter. Boy, that boy needed a hamburger or something fierce. He was skinny. Oh, Bill Laughter was great back in the day. You couldn't touch Bill Laughter. Oh, yeah, he was the best. But just, oh, you, you always look like that. You could not touch Bill Laughter. But, yeah, no, you're right, though. I mean, but I wouldn't, like, I mean, you, I guess you can compare some, uh, I guess you can compare Ricky Morton to Jungle Boys in some way. But as far as, like, him being a heel, I think he's going to be today's version of what Ricky Steamboat was back in the 80s and 90s. I think he's just, he's going to be that guy. You can put him in a title match, whether there's a title on the line or not. You can put him in there with whoever the heel is. And they're just, he's, he's going to go. He's going to, you know, it's going to be a good match. I know it's part of his shtick, but he's got to thin that hair out a little bit too, though. That He's he's messed with that too much in the ring all the time. It gets in his way. <laughs> he's got to thin that mane a little bit there, Jungle Boy. Yeah, he's got that perm gone wrong. He's got going or something. I don't know. He's got he's got to thin that bad boy out and, and tame it down. <laughs> maybe maybe you can snip some of that off there, Andy. I need it like yes. I got that little like like my daughter calls it my skin <laughs> yeah, yarmulke um, going in the back there. I, I think no. I mean, if he was if he was to go heel, I mean, he could do the whole thing, the whole Barry Windham where he slicks it back and puts it in the Tony's hill. Yep. Yep. Um, Juice it back. Yeah, I think you got a lot of great teams over there, and I think you know that no matter who's got the belts, I think they're all gonna they're they're all gonna make each other look good. Yep. They gotta start moving that impact belt around a little bit, the tag belts. Yeah. Now, with that being said, too, like. You know, you're saying about guys going over to Japan and this and that. Now you got a lot of the guys from Japan that were on the Japanese TV show uh, for uh, for um, the Pop Channel when they yep. had, when all Japan had their teeth. Yep. You got a lot of guys that were doing that coming over to AEW. Now we mentioned ROH in the last segment. ROH every now and then you'd see the Motor City Machine Guns come out with the Junior Heavyweight Tag Team belts, IWGP belts. The Bucks right. have the IWGP belts on American TV once in a while. Is Tony Khan going to break that door and have the IWGP junior heavyweights or, or tag yeah, belts I mean, over every now and then? And you know what else I read, too, uh, for, for all of our wrestling fans that follow our podcast, I think, and you, you'll be interested in this as well. 
I read the other day, guess who was actually talking about getting back in the ring? Who? Christopher Daniels. Yeah, but you I see... I read where he, he's talking about making a comeback, so with that being said, is this the... In, in, in the story, as far as the... the uh, SCU goes, is this where SCU gets the tag titles? Well, remember, he said he'd retire if they lost the belts. Yeah. So does he come back as, what was his name, with Under the Mask? Oh, as Curry Man. As Curry Man? Does he bring Curry Man back? Does yeah, he come back I, under a hood you know, or something that, else? And you know what? That was a great gimmick. That was a great mask gimmick. Right. Yep. Great gimmick. And even though people knew who it was, people loved it. Right. It was like the it was like the modern day version of what the Midnight Rider was yep. back in the eighties. The James knew game. It was dusty, yep. But it was over. Yep. Yep. But hey, um, that that's all the time they allowed me to play with here. We're right. gonna wrap her up. We'll do this again in about a month or two. Like I said, we try to do this about every six weeks or so after big pay per views. And as you noticed, we maybe use WWE names for wrestlers, but we don't talk about them much because they're just a dumpster fire, and I don't want to talk about them. Yep, they're not worth the time of the day, Andy. That's right. Um, AEW Wrestling, uh, they got Monday and Tuesday on their YouTube channel, Wednesday on uh, TNT, and Friday also on TNT with uh, Rampage. And like I mentioned before in our main podcast, TNT did sign a contract with the NHL, so you're going to have to watch for time changes. Might get bumped here and there. Just relax. Let's not lose our minds because wrestling's not on one night, kids. It's yep. going to be there. And if you watch hockey long enough, a fight might break out there too. So who knows? Um, yep. So we got that. Uh, Impact Wrestling, just watch your uh, look for your cable on that. And also you can do what I do and watch the highlights on YouTube. Um, and Japan Wrestling, you watch that. You can find that online. And Inc., I appreciate your time. Everybody. It's been a pleasure, Andy. It's always a pleasure having you in, even if you are, even if you are just a cheap version of the Professor Mike today. I am the Mike today wannabe. <laughs> Mike today, I want to be. And hey, everybody, thanks again for listening. Don't forget to catch our regular podcast on weekends on YouTube and also on where you get your audio like this on Spotify or Google. Dan has his Wednesday show, baseball orientated. Um, and yeah, baseball season's coming to an end, but trust me, Dan will find baseball to talk about on Wednesdays. Thanks again. We'll see ya.